This episode is brought to you by MSW Nutrition and Lounge, a partner in the Howdy Health Network. For decades, I've struggled with various gut and autoimmune issues, which have forced me to alter my life and career. Within the last year, though, after undergoing numerous blood tests, I've discovered that a majority of my health problems, they've been linked to vitamin and mineral deficiencies. Because I am now able to see what I was deficient in, I can also supplement against those deficiencies with the proper daily vitamins and minerals, as well as receive weekly IVs that are specific to my needs. This has changed the game for me. Today, not only do I feel like a completely new person, my ability to focus in life and business has increased, my athletic performance is better now than when I was a collegiate athlete, and most importantly, the relationship I have with myself, as well as the people I care about most, they are all thriving, and I'd love for you to feel the same way. So no matter where you are at in your health journey, whether it is scheduling your blood work or supplementing for your health needs, the beautiful part is the community at MSW and How Do Health, they will listen to you and help you figure out the best path for you. So go to howdoyouhealth.com and use code THRIVE15 for 15% off all products and services. What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. Today's episode is with Nikki Koplitz, an engineer and certified trainer who is on a mission to create opportunities for women in areas they aren't typically welcome to. I love this episode because Nikki stepped out of her comfort zone to have this conversation, all with the hopes to encourage others to seek discomfort, break through their own fears, and grow into the person they are meant to become. A major theme of this combo revolves around how letting go of trying to control everything will eventually lead you to opportunities you cannot even see in this very moment. Nikki's story is a resemblance of this theme, and it is a way of life that myself and the Thrive brand hope to encourage others to step into as well. So let's give it up for Nikki Koplitz and jump right into the conversation. What is up, y'all? CJ Finley here, back with another Thrive on Life podcast. It is Sunday fun day here in Austin, Texas. I had a really great day. Yesterday, we did a bunch of different events here in Austin, Texas, and I got to finally unleash the Oasis Sauna with my buddy Noah. So we'll chat a little bit about that later, but I'd love to kick it off and just introduce today's guest, Miss Nikki Koplitz. How are you doing today? Hello. I'm so excited to be here. I'm been talking to you about it this morning. I'm also super nervous, um, but Hell I think yeah. this is going to be fun. This is a good experience. Yeah. So I'll give a little bit of the backstory of how Nikki even ended up in this chair. It's a pretty cool story because she actually went to Rutgers just like I did and just so happens to also be an industrial engineer and studied industrial engineering at Rutgers. I had no clue about this, but our friend Angela came to Austin for, I don't even know why Angela came here to Austin. I'll have to ask her later, but you are her friend and ended up coming here. And at one of yesterday's events, I was talking to Angela and introduced myself to Nikki. And then how did it get brought up that you were from New Jersey originally? I think you asked me where I'm from and I said New York City, which like, I feel like if you live in New York City, even for a little bit, you say New York City, but you're not actually from there. And then Later on in the conversation, we talked about New Jersey and realized, yeah, we both went to Rutgers. We both majored in the same, like, very specific engineering major. It was crazy. And so it's so funny. If you're from the East Coast, you'll understand this. I say I'm from Philly 
because nobody knows I'm from South Jersey, you're Burlington. South Jersey. Yeah. So if you're from North Jersey, you kind of say New York. And then if you're from South Jersey, you say Philly area. Mm-hmm. And then if they're like, oh, I know New Jersey, I'm like Cherry Hill because they're <laughs> not going to know Burlington. So you're from Bridgewater, right? Yes. Correct? Okay, cool. Yeah. So it ended up like she mentioned she was in New Jersey. I'm like, yeah, so am I. And then it goes into, okay, well, I went to Rutgers. And then she was like, so did I. And then I do remember, like I looked at your account when Angela tagged you that you said systems engineer, but I never like put two and two together because I think Rutgers is like, they split it up into industrial and systems engineering. I don't know if other schools do that. So I didn't go down that rabbit hole, but okay. That's the backstory for y'all that are listening. That's how we really got here. Because as soon as I heard that, I really wanted to pick her brain on where she's at in her life now, because it's super cool. I don't think I've ever run into another industrial engineer, even outside of Rutgers. And to meet you at one of our fitness events here in Austin, Texas, and you're not even from here, kind of a little bit serendipitous. So I was like, let's just have a conversation. But I want to dive into first, this is your first podcast, correct? This is my very first podcast, yeah. Heck yeah. And you texted me this morning because I'd asked you yesterday, and you were like, I'm a little bit nervous, I'm kind of scared, but I'm going to say yes. So the first question I have is, why did you say yes? And the reason that I'm asking this question is because one of the things here at Thrive on Life is we try to inspire and motivate people to say yes to breaking their fears and getting outside of their comfort zones. And you're doing that right now. So I'd love for you to share with the audience like what actually inspired you to say yes this morning because I'm super grateful. Yeah. So when you even asked me to begin with, I was like, I think I said like, I'm not an important person, which I think is also sometimes how I introduce myself in like the fitness community because I feel like I'll meet a lot of really big like YouTubers or people like Angela who like have done the American Ninja Warrior games and is like a cover model, like insane careers. Um, And I kind of just do fitness on the side. Like I love the gym. I am also a personal trainer, but I guess there's this feeling of not being up there with everyone else or like feeling like out of place almost because I have a nine to five or because I'm not a top competitor in any like fitness competition. But yeah, I said yes, because I realized that not that there is a normal person, but people who work nine to fives, people who are trying to make their lives better or work on themselves, sometimes they need to hear from normal people also. And it's more like relatable. But yeah, I said yes, because I'm trying to do more scary things. I'm trying to open myself more to new opportunities, like even just going on this trip. Like I don't do spontaneous trips. I do like very planned. Well, you do now, clearly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I do like itinerary driven trips with (laughs) that are planned like months in advance. So I think I've been open to more opportunities and I feel the opportunities coming back to me if that makes sense. Yeah, it's interesting. I was in Oklahoma earlier this week and one of the posts I made was about like, if you open your arms to the world, the world opens its arms right back to you. But if you stay closed, your lens is always closed, right? You have to open that focal lens to really allow things to even come into your line of sight. And I think that's what you're experiencing here in Austin. Fortunately, Austin is a great place to just feel that in general Mm -hmm. right now. And it's one of the reasons I love it here so much. But one of the things I want to dive into is my question is, why don't you see yourself as even higher above than those people? Because to me, like I went to engineering school, that shit was fucking hard, right? So you not only did that, 
but then also you're trying to progress your life physically, mentally, spiritually on the side. So you don't even get the benefit of doing it full time, but you're doing two things rather than just one. And one of the things I try to convey to my wife, who's in that same realm of she does fitness on the side and then her full-time corporate job is that you need to start viewing yourself as on the top of the ladder because the other people that have all day, every day to work out or work with their clients or, and I've done both. So it is not as intellectually energy exhausting as the engineering side of the world would be. So my question is, where does that lack come from? That lack of importance? It's a tough question, but it's just, I feel like it would help people. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like some of it too stems from and I'm not like a no excuses person, but I do feel like part of it is an excuse of like, I don't have this huge Instagram following. I'm not this top trainer because I have this full-time job and I'm actually an engineer and like, I actually do all this. So that's almost an excuse that I use for myself. That's why I'm like, not the top trainer, like have this huge (laughs) following. So I almost feel like it's me making excuses for myself in a way too. I love that. First of all, that honesty right there was gold. And I think we can all relate to this where we're making excuses for ourselves for not pouring into what we really want to do because of something. And I can relate to this on so many levels. Like I'll work on projects because it's easy to like mark off the checks or the tasks, Mm -hmm. which is really keeping me from the hard thing, which is really what I should be doing. I think where I want to go in the future though a lot of it is predicated on remembering my past and kind of navigating that. So I'd love to learn a little bit about how you even got to the point to mix two worlds together, because I know that fitness and health and wellness has been such a big impact on me. And a lot of it started when I was an engineer and feeling alone. And that's one of the things that I think a lot of other people can relate to if they are in both worlds and they're not just like full corporate or full entrepreneurship, it can be a very lonely feeling to know that you can be in both worlds, but you don't exactly know where you fit. I hope this is making sense. Yeah, no, no, no. It does make sense. Well, so I started going to the gym in high school um, and I played- What inspired that? Honestly, I think first it was just an excuse for me to see- my boyfriend that my parents <laughs> disapproved of. So I would just spend Heck hours yeah. at the gym on the elliptical while he played basketball. What gym? The JCC. What is that? It's the Jewish Community Center. That's Shout awesome. out Bridgewater. Bridgewater JCC. I used to go to the YMCA. <laughs> yeah. That was it's my basically first like the YMCA. <laughs> just a little bit more uh I think mine was smaller. to get I think mine was the opposite though. I think mine was to like get away from my girlfriend and get away from That's other funny. things. <laughs> but completely understand like that world of YMCA and those type of centers. They're they're amazing. There, yeah, there was like a pool that I literally used zero times. But yeah, it was definitely different. My parents, I love my parents, but they definitely didn't go to the gym. They definitely weren't athletic, but they always put me in sports growing up. So I tried almost every sport and I feel like I was decent at most sports, but I wasn't like top. Played field hockey in high school. But then I realized senior year, like, oh, there are people who just go to the gym. Not just, but like there are people who go to the gym and I don't need to play a sport. I can like stay fit just going to the gym. Um, So I would go to the gym with my friends. I'd go on the elliptical like 45 minutes, something crazy, and then um, do 10 minutes of abs and then be done. But post getting my heart broken by this boyfriend, 
I started becoming friends with the trainers there. They started showing me weight training. Like I remember doing so many dumbbell rows. I remember not wanting to do legs at all because I already had like pretty athletic legs and I was like, I don't want them to get bigger. Like I don't want to get bulky and weight training is going to just like get them bulky. So I remember starting in with that mindset of weight training makes me feel good, but also I'm scared of how it's going to make my body look because I feel like at that age and like in that era, diet culture was like such a big thing and being small was like such a big thing. I also think it's a lot of just misinformation because I've dealt with oh. the same thing with Erin and she's always kind of come from the same view. It's it's, yeah. it's like I'm talking to her when, when you're mentioning legs and like not, because I always wanted her to train more with weights just for longevity was one of the reasons because she would do these crazy hit workouts all the time and you're exhausting your body and you're never giving it a chance to actually like relax versus weight training can be used and especially like in isolated cases to improve your body and improve the longevity of a lot of the muscles and also your bone density it helps with a lot which it is which great is a for longevity. big problem with women too yeah. not a problem but as women especially as we get older as we go through menopause our bone density decreases by so much. But yeah, also hit is another tangent I could go on. Have you ever heard of BBG? No. Uh, wait, is that Kayla? Yeah. Yeah. Aaron went on a whole phase of that, but oh I didn't want to cut God. you off. Yeah. So funny story with that. Like this is a girl that never ran in high school. Like it didn't work out in high school. She did dance all the time. Right. And then completely when she got into college, like got into working out and running and running half marathons. And then the BBG came out and she was obsessed with those like little PDFs and stuff like that. And I knew she was obsessed with the start of that. And I kid you not, I was working at my corporate job one day and like something was bumming her out. And I liked literally every one of Kayla Itzian's photos. And then I DM'd her and said, it would make my day if you could go comment on one of my wife's, well, she wasn't my wife at the time, but one of my girlfriend's photos. She really looks up to you and the movement that you inspired. And I'm on an Uber going to the airport to go to Vegas and visit my buddy that night. And she, Aaron messages me and she's like, you're never going to guess who left a comment on my photo. And that like kind of spit, like it has a bigger play to it, but that kind of like got me intrigued and this is going to tie it back. The unimportant feeling, right? I know what that felt like because I was caught in these two worlds. I was personal training on the side before and after work. And then I had this corporate job where like, I didn't even care to be liked by anybody there. I just did my job. Right. And when I messaged her and she did that, I was just like, wow, these are just people too. All these people that have just started things. Like, why can't I start something? Why can't I be that person? Like, I can do this. I can reach out to people and build communities and do these things. So that started the the path for me. And the reason I'm like going down this rabbit hole right now is you'd mentioned that you were leaning into certain types of cultures. Where were you looking for information? Like, why did you get on the elliptical for 45 minutes? Or why were you doing what you were doing then and then now? And the reason I want to Talk about this is because a lot of people are afraid to start because they don't know where to start, but they also aren't forgiving on themselves to say, wherever I start, it doesn't have to be right. Like I'm going to learn a lot over the way and I'm going to change and I'm going to allow myself to adapt because what I used to do compared to what I do now, like I would make fun of that person. I'm like, what the hell were you doing, yes, bro? Right. Same. But I also was very good at, you know what? I just started and just like kind of adapted along the way. For you, where were you getting that information from to start then? And then like, what does it look like today? Yeah, 
I think this is a huge societal thing. We all see magazine covers. We've all grew up, maybe not this newer generation, but I grew up in it's a worse generation now because it's, where the magazine oh is right God, in front yeah. of you on your phone on all day, every day. Media. I would get magazines, I would get magazine covers. Everything is about like losing weight. Everything is about the best detox smoothies. Like everything was geared to women from what I remember growing up being slim, being lean, being toned and just losing weight. There was nothing about being strong. There was nothing about being a good athlete. Like maybe for men there was, but not really for women. I remember like Mia Hamm was like the only woman that I knew that I could look up to in a way that wasn't, okay, she doesn't have a thigh gap. She's not wearing a bikini on this photo. Not that that's a negative thing, but I feel like we just were exposed to so many models and this whole diet culture. I mean, there was a was product called Slim Fast. <laughs> yeah, there's still a that's product what I just called rem- Slim Fast. Yeah, it, that just like hit me like a ton of bricks. Like that's where the marketing was going. Yeah, I mean, there were all those MLMs even then, Herbalife. I don't know if they're still a brand now, but people just selling these like protein powders. And I remember not real protein powders, but marketed towards weight loss and like meal replacements. And I remember my mom... I spent my childhood with my mom going on all these soup diets. She would walk a lot, but she would not go to the gym. And then she would try these kind of restrictive diets for like short periods of time and then talk about like losing a couple pounds when like really it's just water weight. But also it's just like what- And it's not even talking about true health. Like this is is where I get on, I'm going to rip my dad a new one right now because- I know, I feel so bad talking about my parents. No, I don't because like I want them to live longer. Like, why should I feel bad about that? But like, my brother told me a story recently. My dad hadn't been eating all day and he barely ate dinner, but then he went and got some pie. And he told my brother, he was like, I'm still underweight or whatever. And I was like, that's not the point. The point is you're not eating the healthy stuff and then you're going towards processed junk and you're not understanding that doesn't just affect your weight. Like it's your hormones, your brain health, your mental health. It has so much more factors to it. So in your world, where was that transition from looking up to kind of like what I would say fake, a facade type of health industry, and then moving more into what you really want to embody and share with others? Yeah. I mean, I think that's still happening now. And also for, for these things, like I feel like I can say that now looking back, that was unhealthy. But at the time, it definitely Mm. didn't seem unhealthy. And we're in the fitness world. We're in this health world. We're like constantly learning new information. So we have that hindsight, you know, like hindsight is 2020. And we have that knowledge now where it's like, that's not best for your health. It's not just about like losing weight. It's about building muscle mass. It's about like increasing our bone density. It's about building muscle in order to be able to walk forever and like Mm. not have back pain and be able to do all these things even as we do age. So I feel like it's less like shame towards them and like what they were exposed to growing up versus we have all of this information now. And it's so great to be able to share it with other people because there's going to be a point that resonates with them too. Yeah. I love that. And that you just said there because resonation and that's, that's one thing I have struggled with over the past is resonating with other people and not pushing what I did on other people. And that's the big struggle of like the health and wellness industry is you find a solution for yourself, but you have to always be humble and remind yourself that this isn't the solution for everybody. It could work for others. That's one reason I love having a podcast is we can just share knowledge and people can pick up what they want and drop what they want. And then it's more their story and embodying that. And it's one of those things that 
when I look back, I wish I would have done sooner, but you can't, again, hindsight is twenty twenty. like you're saying. I have a question. This is off the ball a little bit. What gym did you work out at, at Rutgers? College Ave gym. College Ave. I was on Bush a lot. So okay. for, for engineers and I still remember, and you're talking about like unhealthy practices, but you think you're being healthy. They had this pre-workout. And I don't even know why this came in my head, but I just love this. This is pre-workout called Jacked and it's spelled Jacked with, <laughs> with a, a three. Yeah. yeah. And it turned out it had like freaking meth in it or something. Yes. Something oh about. my God. That's like a huge thing in the fitness industry. Yeah. And I was going to GNC and spending like $60 a month on all these supplements. And I didn't have $60 to spend back then. Like, I don't even know where I got it, but I was spending all this money thinking that I'm healthy when the reality was like, if I just had drank less, if I slept more, mm. I would have seen way more benefits to that, but nobody is really talking about that. Why do you think that is? Like, why do you think there's so many segmented, like what is health? I don't think there's any right answer to this, but from your world, why do you think there is just so many silos of what healthy is? I don't really know. Like, I feel like when we discover things, like when I discovered bodybuilding for the first time, and you fall in love with something and you're like passionate about it. I think there's good intentions. Like you want everyone to like know about this thing. Cause like, hey, like it's working so much for me. I see the changes in my body. I see the changes in how I'm feeling. I think you should do this thing too. And I think that's just happening, but with everyone. So the people who do CrossFit, we love this thing. You think everyone should do this thing. So I almost feel like there is this positive intention where everyone wants to push what they love, but sometimes it comes to this point of, I think my thing is the only thing people should be doing, and I think my thing is right, and not open to other people's opinions or open to other people doing their things and finding the things that work for them. Like, I think this is right, and this is how people should be doing this thing. What's up, guys? I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning into this episode with Nikki. I hope you are loving this conversation so far. But before we get back into it, I have an opportunity I want to tell you about. As we all know, life is hard. It can beat you down, have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you, though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now, you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. Head over to cjfinley.com and sign up for my daily newsletter, where I will be giving you information, impactful stories, tips and tricks, and access to a community who are focused on making an impact above and beyond themselves. You also have the perk of exclusive giveaways, potential shout outs, and possibly even some collaborations. The least that will happen is you will walk away into every day with an extra pep in your step. My promise is that I will always do my best to help you thrive on life. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back to the conversation with Nikki Koplitz. We mentioned even before this podcast, you're on this journey of seeking what is that next phase for you. So you have your career and then you have this passion for health and wellness. You're not really sure what, I would say the obsession, where you really want to go, the North Star for this. Do you think a little bit is because you don't want to silo yourself off into a certain area? 
That's always been yeah. my fear. It's one of the things that people will tell me, like, you're all over the place. Yes. And I like that because okay. that means that I'm not I'm, – one, I'm not playing by everybody else's rules, which is something that I was never good at is playing by the rules. And then two, it makes life more fulfilling to me because then I'm not boxed in. But you also have the second side of that where it does tend to hinder people's, like, upward mobility and progress because you're not seen as this expert in this one area. Yes. You, you don't do this one thing. So has that been inhibitive to you at all? I think it definitely has. I have so many like shifted interests that don't necessarily perfectly fit like this puzzle. I feel like I'll start different things because I want, I'm so interested in all these different things and then I won't continue because I want to start this other new thing. Um, Give some examples. Yeah. What okay. have you like started? What have you tried? What have you done? Because- for me, for instance, like I went through a phase of, and it doesn't have to be just health related. It can be anything. Like I skateboarded some of my life, snowboarded, was obsessed with handstands. I have a guitar that I haven't picked up in like 10 years. One of the goals in 2022 is to pick that back up. Photography, I buy all this equipment. So it's just like, what are some of the things that you've dabbled in? Yeah. Okay. There's a long list. One of them is YouTube. So I started watching like fitness YouTube in probably college because my boyfriend at the time was watching it. And I was like, why are you watching people work out? Like, this is so stupid. <laughs> but then I like, of course, then fell in love with like, yeah. And even then I was like, okay, well, it's oversaturated. And also, who am I to make videos? Like, my life is so boring. So I didn't for so many years. And then when I first moved to Denver, which is a year ago, I live in Denver currently. I don't know if we went over that. I took the initiative to start a YouTube channel, kind of inspired by my boyfriend who has a YouTube channel and is building it up and like making money off of it. So I was like, this is so cool. Like if I can make money doing something that I love, I think that's great. It actually, that's the ultimate goal. Yeah. Yeah. So it actually is funny because I did this video with my boyfriend about like moving to Denver. He's really good at SEO. So he made it super findable on YouTube. And so there's 24,000 views or something on it and so many mean comments. And so the ratio of likes to dislike is two to one where I have a hundred something dislikes. I need to watch this video now. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even like that great. I don't know how that many people hey, found it. Does it do, I would ask you this. Does it solve a problem for somebody that's looking? Yeah. To find okay. It? Yeah. And that's like a good way of looking at it because there have been so many people that have reached out to me on other platforms and been like, oh my God, I saw your YouTube video. I was debating moving to Denver, but I think I am going to move. Boom. And yeah. Yeah. How it does that really make cool. you feel? It made me feel first kind of nervous. Like what if they hate Denver and everything I told them was like <laughs> awful and they hate me for it. But no, it made me feel good that people were listening to me and like what I say matters and my opinions are valid. This is such a good part right here. You never would have felt that feeling if you hadn't leaned to, you know what, I'm just going to make this video and I'm just going to put it out there. And that's what people, like if you're listening and you've had, you have an idea or you want to try something, you don't get that result if you don't focus on the process of you had to move to Denver to actually make that happen. So my next question is, I know we were going on this thing of like, you <laughs> I, know, I feel YouTube, like I haven't answered but don't even, any of don't, don't worry about that. It's fine. Again, we're just riffing here yeah. and I, I'm really enjoying it. So how did you get to Denver? Because one of the things I've always promoted on here, and it's one of those things where we just chatted about, don't push what 
you did on the people. But the one thing I think everyone should do is always move away from your hometown or get the hell out of your home state just to see what's out there. And it does help you mentally, physically, spiritually. So I'm going to be an advocate for that. But I always love to hear other stories of how people kind of got out and what did that look like? Because it was stressful for me. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Scary. And would love for you to tell the audience, like, how the heck did you even end up in Denver in the first place? Because that was the stepping stone to even allow you to make the YouTube video, which then the result, fortunately, in the good case, was people reaching out. And you also changed the world in that aspect because people are moving there. Whether they like it or not, that doesn't matter, but you also had to learn about the whole dislike thing and the culture of social media these days where people just hate for no fucking reason. So why Denver and how did that even become a thing? Yeah. So I guess for context, I'm from New Jersey. I, as we've talked about, I went to college in New Jersey and then I immediately moved to New York City and I lived there for five years. So I'm very tri-state area based, like forever. All my family lives in either New Jersey or in Long Island. So I'm like very just in that space. Like all my friends are there. Just a lot of people from New Jersey, a lot of people from Rutgers end up in New York. So in that context, I could have lived there probably the rest of my life, to be honest. But there is this other part of me that's like, how do I know? How do I know this is it if I don't know anywhere else? I was a consultant previous to my current job. So I would travel to other places like Chicago or Arkansas or Seattle or St. Louis, and just nothing felt right for me. So that almost kept me in New York because I was like, okay, I'm seeing all of these places and I still prefer coming home to New York. But it wasn't until I visited Denver to visit my best friend who had just moved there. And I was like, I could see myself moving here. And it was actually, my boyfriend and I had broken up for that time. So I was like, I want this fresh start. I want to see the world with new eyes. And then COVID happened. And because I hadn't thought about Denver, I was like, once I came back to New York, I was very much back in this New York community. It kind of The way that they get you, you they get you there. (laughs) But then when COVID happened, it made less sense staying in New York for me at that time. I got back together with my boyfriend. I had two dogs. I had a tiny 400 square foot two bedroom apartment that I shared. the size of the studio? It's (laughs) kind of, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Kind of. It was just hard. If you are forced to be home and like forced to not go to restaurants or do any of the things that basically New York City is for, what is the point of being there? So I kind of took it as this opportunity to move with my boyfriend and with those dogs to Denver and create this fresh start. My favorite word of that entire story was what you just ended on there, which is opportunity in the time of what most people look at as like dread, right? You've been in New York and you've been in the tri-state area for so long. And instead of looking at it like, oh my God, everything around me is crumbling. You actually saw an opportunity to do something else and learn something new about yourself. And I think more people need to lean into that methodology, but they're just not sure of how that would look in their life. And that's for you. Was that always a part of you to like, when something is kind of conflicting, are you looking for the opportunity? Was that always you? Or because one of the things in the Northeast I've noticed is kind of what separates me from everyone else and why I got out 
was that thought of there's got to be more than this. And I know what I'm going to get if I stay here, but I don't know what is going to happen in my life if I leave. And that kind of switch happened once I graduated and really started, I started traveling a little bit and started thinking of the unknown as an opportunity rather than a risk. And I'm afraid of it. So for you, what broke kind of the fear of actually jumping and taking that leap? Because I feel a lot of people right now are on the teeter totter of, Mm -hmm. I want to do that, but this or that or whatever it is that they're making up in their head. And maybe something you could say could kind of flip that over for them. I will say that's definitely not been me forever. And I don't know if it's a product of how I grew up or a product of the New York, New Jersey type of mindset, but I am definitely type A, neurotic, needs to like have everything planned. If you look at my Google calendars, like every second is planned for, I need to be always doing something. This is pre-COVID we're talking in New York City. Every minute is accounted for. My entire schedule is like built for efficiency and not really like taking into context like how I feel or being open to, okay, let me see where this day takes me. So I will say I get how scary that is. I get how scary the reframe of let me be open to opportunities and like welcome these opportunities versus I need to have everything planned. I already know everything because I feel like that's a very New York mentality. Also, like just a naive coming out of college, being a consultant, like (laughs) I know everything. I'm going to climb the corporate ladder and people who are starting this entrepreneur stuff, that's such bullshit. They're going to fail. Like just like looking down on other people and other ways of life which was so silly of me. What, uh, what, what is the mindset of what Texas is in the Northeast? <laughs> because you just said looking down on other way of life. Like I love so much of what you're talking about because we're sitting here in Austin, Texas. Yeah. And then you mentioned learning to lean into kind of the unknown and how you used to live schedule by schedule and have everything planned. Like this wasn't planned. When you came to Austin, did you ever think, oh, I'm going to be chilling on a podcast with some dude that I don't even know? Definitely Like, not. no, right? <laughs> so that's where you never would have had an opportunity if everything was to the T. And that's one of the reasons I love entrepreneurship because I come from the engineering world and the efficiency world. Mm-hmm. And everything has to be in line and efficient. And as soon as I got into entrepreneurial world and saw these people that were super successful and they were exact opposite of me. They would wake up late, go to bed late, go out party, do whatever, right? But they seem to just attract just amazing experiences just because they like had this energy about them where it's like, everything's going to be good. Everything's cool. Calm, cool, and collected, no matter if we're late or if we're early or if we're this or that. Entrepreneurship kind of gave that for me. That's my experience with it. And you mentioned pre-COVID, like that's how you were. How did you go from that to inching your way towards not being so neurotic and always needed to be kind of on time and OCD about what your plan is? Yeah. So I think that is definitely still a work in progress. But I do think coming to Denver, um, I've met so many people who don't work nine to fives. And I feel like that was my entire community back in New York and New Jersey Like, it's just my whole family, like everyone that I know works nine to fives, does fun things on the weekend, and then that's it. And that's totally cool if that's how you want to live your life. 
But I do think I got to a point where I just like didn't want that for me anymore. And back to the question about like all the starting side businesses or stuff that I started but stopped. I started this blog. So I would write about fitness. I would take personal training clients. I still continue that. Although it definitely scaled smaller because I allocate my time to other things. I like the switch there. (laughs) So coming to Denver, meeting all these people who started their own businesses, pretty much most of the community I have in Denver. So realizing that there are different ways of life, people asking, do you want to hike 9am on a Monday? And me having to say, no, I have a nine to five. Like I have a meeting then. Like I can't just live life the way that you're living your life. Maybe not jealous of it, but kind of like- Intrigued. Yeah, intrigued, definitely. But also moving to Denver, I started therapy. And I think that's been one of the biggest changes in my mindset and in thinking about how maybe like fixed or like closed Mm. mindset. I didn't think that I knew everything, but I definitely saw life in a certain way. I look at it like- I think this is a good analogy for people, like Mm -hmm. a fish tank. If you only see what's in a small fish tank, you do think you know it all because you do know a lot. Yeah. But if you move from a fish tank to an aquarium, you're like, what the fuck is going on? Which causes you ultimately to level up. You either level up or you die. That's kind of how it is in the real world, right? And then you can move from an aquarium to maybe like a sanctuary and you can move from a sanctuary to like the open ocean. And to me, that's how it's felt each time I moved or each time I started a new project. And it's funny you mentioned like the 9 a.m. on a Monday type of thing. One of the reasons that I'm really obsessed with the sauna culture is I've gotten clients randomly, like I'll go to a sauna at 8.30 on a Monday and one of the clients, they weren't a client at the time. I didn't know who they were. I met them at the sauna. So what you start thinking about is what I started thinking about is the most successful people in the world. If I want to be like the most successful people in the world, they are not constricted to a Google calendar. Yeah. They make their time whatever they want their time to be. So I started reverse engineering. Who are the types of people? What are they doing at Monday, 8.30 a.m.? Are they like frantically trying to get to their office and pluck away at their keyboard? No, they're probably on a run. They're probably with their family. They're probably doing these other things. So how do I replicate that? I look at all of us like atoms, like humans are just a bunch of atoms put together, right? And I want my atom to bump into other atoms that I really want to bump into rather than like atoms just getting thrown at me. And I think the New York culture is less of what do I want my atom to look like and who do I want to bump into and more of this is just my lane, this is my fishbowl. And just like you were saying earlier, if you're not in my fishbowl, get out of my fishbowl. Yeah. Like I'm going to push you down. Yeah. Rather here, it's much more rising tides lift all ships. Do you feel that same way in Denver compared to New York where you've been able to kind of, I wouldn't say find yourself, but more find other people that are more willing to allow you into their fishbowl? And I know I'm going on a tangent here about the fish, but that's kind of <laughs> how I think about it. It's a good versus analogy. Versus like them pushing you away and vice versa. Yeah, I think I would say talking about the people in New York, they are so motivated. They are like some of the most hardworking people I've ever met in my life. And they are so good at what they do. So they are still working really hard to climb this ladder and not in a negative way. But I get if you're working on being a consultant to senior consultant to MD to CEO of this company, like I get that you have to play by those rules and you have to work really hard and, and stay in your lane. 
this is not answering your question, but when I was a consultant, the people who were the best consultants, my managers and people I looked up to, their entire life was their work, which is kind of insane because I was looking at them and thinking like, I want to get to where they are, but I don't want my entire life to be my work. Like I want to go to the gym. I don't want to have to do like corporate dinners every night. Like I want to be healthy still. My priorities, I think, shifted from being, not that I don't want to be super successful, but climbing that ladder to like, I want a more whole life. I want all of these experiences. Like I want to be part of the ocean versus the fishbowl. Boom. <laughs> right there. That summarizes my life. Except for I didn't look up to. Those, that, and that, and that yeah. was the problem. I, I looked up to people my whole life. Like I played sports. I had, had mentors and guys and girls a little bit older than me. And like I was always podcasting without really realizing what podcasting was. Like picking people's brain. I was really good at getting to know people and just saying, how do I get to this level or how do I do this thing? And that's how the gym started for me. But when I got to my job and I realized I literally could just like go around and be like, I don't want your life. 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 Why am I here? Shit, this is bad. And that's when I started realizing, again, going back to the self-reflection, like I want to be around people that inspire me and motivate me. And the thing is, I've had to come to terms with, I used to be very much against corporate. But then once I got it, became an entrepreneur, I was like, if I become a successful entrepreneur, quote unquote, I'm going to have my own corporation. So I was like, shit, this is like a weird problem because I'm going to have a corporation, the thing that I'm like, talking shit about. Mm -hmm. But I started realizing it's not what you do, it's why you do it. So you had mentioned these people are so good at what they do, but they have no reason why they do anything that they do. And that's the fucking problem with the Northeast culture is when I ask people, it's like, oh, I got this, or I got to work these hours or do this. And I go, why? They make up some delusional excuse as to why they can't be at the sauna at 930 and still have the corporate job. You can still like, especially in the corporations, they care about results. They truly care about results. Now they do care about butts and seats to some extent prior to COVID, but we live in a world now, if you get your work done, you get your work done, yes yeah. or no. So you can kind of manipulate that. And you could prior too, because you know who Tim Ferriss is? I know of him. Yeah, so he wrote this book called 4-Hour Workweek. Yeah. And I utilized that book to kind of like get out of my corporate job. And in that job, he talks about like doing whatever you want to do and then ask for forgiveness rather than like asking your boss to do a certain thing. And once you start like leaning into that world a little bit more and knowing that you could just like speak up for yourself and like kind of manipulate, you start realizing that the world and the rules, that fishbowl is made up in our head. Yeah. That's been a big realization for me over the last couple of years. I don't know if it's them being delusioned versus them being taught that forever. I feel like company cultures are like, okay, this is what you need to do in order to grow and work here. There's all these fear factors, I feel like, that are associated with it. If you don't work this number of hours, you're going to get fired and you're not going to have a job and you're going to lose your home and you're not going to ever have a family. I feel like that's the scarcity and this being scared of losing all of these things. That's what keeps people maybe in some of these lanes where it's less I'm clueless to the world versus these huge corporations need me here so they're going to create that fear to keep me in my job and keep me working these crazy hours. It's actually the opposite. They need you. You don't need them. Good talent yeah. is scarce. 
and yeah. good people are even more scarce. So the disillusion stems from the top. So it's just like the bottom is fearful, but the top is fearful for a different reason. Yeah. And that's where it creates a problem. The top is fearful of losing whatever metric it is that they're trying to hit. So they push down that fear, just like you're saying, they push down to create that fear. And then the bottom people are fearing like losing the house, doing whatever. Because the people at the top, like they're not afraid to lose their house. They got money. But what they're afraid of losing is power, their lifestyle and all these other things. So it creates this, it's like a hamster wheel. of yeah. It's operating under scarcity versus you said, abundance, where in the world we live in today, if you can find the people that are living in more abundant, and like when, when I was going down the rabbit hole of the corporation and I would have my own, I was like, why can't I have a corporation where we only work four days a week or three days a week? Yeah, that'd be if, great. If the results are still there, if, if everyone's still getting paid, and why can't you do that? And people are having more time to themselves to do whatever they want to do, then they're better employees. People being happier- Better people. Better people, yes, first and foremost, but also better employees. They work more at their job because they don't have to be thinking about everything else while they're working. And that leads to innovation. And innovation leads to the best companies in the world. We can go down so many lanes with this, but it's one of the, this topic of conversation is really why I've chosen to stay lean and mean rather than grow something out and build teams is because it's such a complex thing, like human psychology and keeping people happy and uh, making sure that your tribe is well off is a very hard thing to do. So that's where I've kind of lightened up my view on the corporate world over the years as I've been becoming more ingrained in the entrepreneurial world because I know how hard it actually is to instill a very big system, like we're going back to systems engineering, to have little intricacies that make life what it actually is. And I think, honestly, it's less up to the corporation nowadays and more up to the people to wake up and say, hey, this is what I want from my life. Take it or leave it. And I think the more people that do that, the corporation as a whole is going to realign itself because then you're going to have directors, managing directors, the people at the top saying, I want this lifestyle. The reason I think this is what's going to happen is because you have the people at the top now seeing the people at the bottom having a lot more freedom. If you live this life of like, eh, I got enough money, but I just want more time freedom. The person at the top is going to start questioning, like if no one's in the office, right? Like, why am I doing this? If that person gets more freedom and they make a little bit less money, why am I up here slaving away still? I'm very interested in the next five that's years. That's very optimistic. And I like- Because that's, well, it takes time. Anything, I like the potential of it, that. It takes a lot of time to kind of switch. Mm-hmm. And I think we're in the very start of that. So it feels very mucky and dirty. But I think we're at this phase where you have a lot of people that are starting to see that. And again, this is where the good side of social media happens, where you can connect with anybody anywhere at any time and be like, do I want to live here? or Do I want to live there? So I'd love to kind of pivot this conversation. We got our last 10 minutes here into what does the future look like for you? So again, this could be, it doesn't have to be super well planned or anything like that, but what are some of the things that you've thought about getting into or thought about doing? You mentioned your personal training on the side. Do you want to continue doing that? Do you want to stay in the career you're at? Do you want to stay even in Denver? What are some of the things that are kind of inspiring you right now? (laughs) Yeah, I wish I knew. So right now I see myself at my current job for a bit longer. I'm still taking more opportunities like to dive into corporate wellness, which isn't really like my 
current job, but I've been getting more and more wellness opportunities at my work, which I think is really cool. But on the side, I am currently building this small women's group training that I'm going to start next year. What does that look like? It looks like weekly lectures, not school, but about different things, training principles or basic anatomy and exercise science principles, and then nutrition, and then also women's menstrual cycles and how our hormones, how all of that is affecting our training and our nutrition and our different needs based on what our cycle is. I love women and I love making things specific for women because I feel like We've lived in this fitness world where I feel like it's very oversimplified for one and very catered to men or the principles of the research that's done is on men who are 18 to 22. There's no diversity in these studies or how training or exercise or nutrition affects different populations. I think that's a brilliant idea because I always look at why. So why have the studies been with men? And the reason is, is the past 20 years has been a significant change in women in the workforce, women not being slender just to be slender, but to like be strong, be fit, yeah. be an athlete. There's more women athletes than there ever have been before. So there's going to be different needs. I want to be clear here. Like I'm not saying that the way the world has been was right. I'm just saying at this point, like the past 20, 30, 50, 100 years, we're at a new phase and there's new opportunity I have to actually connect you with my friend, Catherine. She actually pitched me through email a, I believe it's an app that builds programming or something along those lines for women based on their cycle. So like, it's a good sign, what I would say from an entrepreneur, if other people have kind of like been pitching this idea or talking to me that you're in a space that could see some traction. So, Oh my God. Yeah. Women's health is, is finally getting the attention it, it deserves. And one of the things I'm obsessed with is like blood work. So blood work studies are lacking for women. So I'm going to promote one of the companies I'm in right now. Like how do you health? Like Nurse Doza at MSW Lounge, like we do blood work. And one of the things that we've noticed is when you see someone's blood work, you actually have the ability to see what's going on inside. And then you can create a program around what they need to be doing in the gym for sleep nutrition-wise, based on their blood work. And women's blood work is completely different than men's blood work. And one of the interesting things that goes out there, I don't know if you've looked into this, but like intermittent fasting is this hot topic. I don't <laughs> like that word. I like just time-restricted eating. I think everyone's gut deserve deserves some time off. We like overeat. A lot of us do. And I mean like that from not necessarily just at one meal, but we're constantly picking at things and that's not how humans were made to do. And for women, especially like fasting has a much greater effect because of the different hormones that you have. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this, but this is the topics that I like to talk about. And it's one of the things that I think if you really dive into that, there's a lot of people that would be interested. So to kind of end, if you were to build this, and I'm always trying to connect people, what type of people would be interested or would be great to connect with you when you start that program? I guess the best people I think are people like, do you know Dr. Stacy Sims? No, but okay. now I will. Yeah, I love her. She So people who are doing these studies, like are creating these studies for women, are like making this information more accessible. Like 
the training based on your cycle. Like that's a newer concept that's being made more accessible by leaders like Dr. Stacey Sims and like by your friend. Yeah. So I think just people like that for the most part. Heck yeah. And then who would be the person that you want to receive this information? Uh-huh. Like, is there a demographic or is it just all women or what would be most beneficial for you to put out there and like receive? So I think women who want to go to the gym, like who want to start mm. weight training, like, so who are already at that point of, okay, my goal isn't to be skinny. I want to get into the gym, but I'm scared. I want to start weight training, but I'm scared. And I want to know more. I want a program. I want to know how I can do this efficiently. And I want guidance in being able to go. Heck yeah. So if that's you, reach out to Nikki. Where do they find you at? What's the best way to get in contact with you? I guess Instagram. Don't Um, I guess? You have a great (laughs) Instagram. Yeah, no, I was like, email, Instagram. Should I just put my phone number? No, IG. What's your IG? Um, It's at Nikki Copletz, K O P L I T Z. Awesome. And at the end of every episode, we ask the same question. But before I get to that, I'd love to know just how you're feeling. It's Mm -hmm. been about an hour, your first podcast. I know. I feel good. You've made it so comfortable and easy to talk. It hasn't even felt like a podcast. It feels like we're just having this normal conversation. Heck yeah. I mean, that's the best review that you could give me. Like, that's really what I go for. Just make it comfortable and have a good conversation. And I'm glad. I hope you truly feel that way and not just (laughs) saying it for the camera. But no, it's been an absolute honor and I'm happy we got to connect. And I look forward to seeing you build out what you're working on. If there's any way that myself or our community can help, please let me know. If you think you can help or you'd love to understand more about what Nikki's doing, again, reach out to her on Instagram. But right now, I'm going to ask her the question that we ask everybody at the end, and it's, what does thriving mean to you? So if I were to say the word thriving, what what just comes to mind? I think thriving means being your best self and helping others be their best selves. I love that. Simple, yet empowerful. And I, and I think that's really what, I mean, when I started Thrive, it was just an Instagram account and it was me trying to just be better, a better me. And then I would start spotlighting other people trying to be better them. So I love how you phrase that because it hits home with how this even got started. And for those listening at the end of every episode, I talk a little bit about what my biggest takeaway was from this conversation. And I think The biggest takeaway for me was when you said the word opportunity. And I think more people need to lean into the unknown and see it as an opportunity rather than being afraid of it. And I've gotten better and better over the years. Like even just yesterday when we're having that conversation and you start talking about being from New Jersey and Rutgers, immediately my brain goes into there's a reason for this. Like, how do we make this more of something that's valuable outside of myself? So how do I become better? I became better in this conversation, but then maybe this conversation inspires somebody else out there to become better themselves. And what that looks like is in a physical space, Nikki came to a random workout event in what seems to be a random city for her with random people and then decided to sit down with a random person, AKA me, and then potentially connect with you wherever you are right now, and both of you earning an opportunity to go above and beyond for your own selves and then for other people around you. And that's what I kind of think about when I think about the word opportunity when you were talking about that. So I'm super grateful for everything that you said here on this podcast. 
If you're still listening, I love you. I appreciate you. Please go rate and review this on Apple Podcasts. That's the best way to get Nikki's voice out there. And again, if you have any feedback or anything like that, any ideas, any you want to be on the podcast, please reach out to me. You know where to find me. Till next time, this is CJ Finley with the Thrive On Life podcast. Thrive on, y'all. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive On Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive On Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.